What are the risks importers take when using a customs broker? Well, Graham from Border Buddy is back to tell us all about it on season two dash episode nine. So that's let's talk supply chain.com forward slash season two dash episode nine. And make sure you check out that episode. You're not going to want to miss it. And to find out all the risks importers take when using a customs broker. Welcome to Let's Talk Supply Chain. My name is Sarah Barnes Humphrey, and each week I bring you the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about best practices, new innovation, and most up-to-date information about supply chain. I believe that collaboration is the future of business, and I have designed this show to ensure you have all the information you need to succeed in business and in your supply chain. This episode was produced in collaboration with Border Buddy, the most innovative online customs platform out there. And here is what Graham, the founder, has to say. How long does it take you to get a duty rate or guidance on the right HS classification from your current customs broker? With Border Buddy's new revolutionary self-service technology, you will never go traditional again. We have created a platform that allows you to get instant quotes on duties, taxes, and customs fees to import your products into North America. To get 10% off your first clearance, sign up at borderbuddy.com forward slash let's talk supply chain. Welcome back to the show, Let's Talk listeners. Thank you so much for joining me in this journey as I love hosting and producing this show. As you know, I feature an amazing listener on my show every single week by reading the reviews I get for the show on iTunes or emailed to me. So remember to rate and review the show on iTunes or email me your review at listener at letstalksupplychain.com. This week, the review comes from Al Dane. Here's what he has to say. I'm an avid podcast listener, and I love Let's Talk Supply Chain. As an educator, I always learn new facts and tidbits to share with my students. Sarah always has interesting guests, poses insightful questions, and speaks with a high level of charisma that keeps me coming back weekly. Highly recommended. Thank you so much, Aldane, for listening to the show. I am so humbled and honored by such a touching review. Thank you again for being such an amazing listener. So today I am answering some questions sent in by another listener named Priyanka. Tom Paul's the founder and managing director of SCL Search Consultants is here with me today to talk about what large companies are looking for when hiring supply chain professionals. Tom Paul's CCLP has over 15 years of experience in recruitment and executive search and is the founder and managing director of SCL Search Consultants Limited, a search firm with an exclusive focus in supply chain and logistics. In addition to his recruitment experience, Tom worked for three years in supply chain and logistics, managing a small warehouse and working in traffic and transportation planning. He completed his CCLP designation through CITT in 2008 and is heavily involved in the logistics community. 
Tom served as chair of SCL and CETA's 43rd annual conference in 2010 and was the chair of the CITT Toronto Area Council from 2013 to 2016. He is currently serving as executive advisor for the CITT Toronto Area Council as well as the board of directors for the CSCMP Toronto Chapter. So welcome to the show, Tom. Well, thank you very much. I'm excited to be on the show. Yeah, I'm really happy to have you on the show because I know this is a hot topic for all supply chain professionals, whether they're in the industry already or just looking to get in. So why don't we start with you telling us about SCL Search? How did you get started and um, what does SCL Search do? Uh, sure. So... The way SEL Search got started is kind of a long story, but I'll try and give you the abbreviated version. I've been a recruiter for quite a long time, about uh, 14, 15 years now, um, and focused exclusively on supply chain and logistics for the vast majority of that time. I started out in IT recruitment back in 2000 when the uh, IT job market was hot, but it wasn't hot for long. The IT job market kind of tanked shortly after I got into recruiting. But I really enjoyed recruitment. I uh, wasn't able to make a go of it at the time, so decided to uh, get into a different industry. So I went back to work um, in, in supply chain and logistics with the intention of getting back into recruitment eventually uh, for this field. So I managed a little warehouse. I worked in traffic and transportation planning. I did the CITT program. And, uh, and then back in 2004, got into recruitment specifically for supply chain. So I worked for a couple of different uh, firms um, and then just about uh, three years ago, decided it was time to start my own firm uh, working specifically in supply chain and logistics. Um, so our focus is exclusively supply chain and logistics recruitment. We kind of break the sector into three big areas, transportation management, warehouse management, and supply chain management, planning, demand planning, um, inventory planning, those kind of areas. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. And um, I bet you have a lot of fun working with supply chain professionals. We're, we're a fun bunch. Yeah. Yeah. It is a fun bunch. Um, and I've been, I've had the, uh, the opportunity, the pleasure to be involved in the supply chain sector in a pretty big way over the last several years. I was chair for the CITT Toronto Area Council, uh, served on the board of directors for uh, the old SCL and uh, before they merged with the Purchasing Management Association. And um, yeah, now I'm involved with the CSCMP on the national board for them. So it's, uh, or the, uh, what's it called? The Toronto uh, chapter for, for the CSCMP. So it's, uh, it's been fun. It's, um, yeah, it's great. It's a great uh, field to be involved with and to be giving back to the supply chain and logistics, logistics community is great. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, you, it sounds like you're giving a lot back to the community. So thank you so much because, you know, not a lot of people do get involved and there's a lot of really great organizations in this community that are always looking for great people to help out on boards and, and volunteer for different activities. So thank you so much for doing that. So let's get right into it. Um, what are the particular skills that hiring managers look for um, someone who is looking to join the supply chain community? So uh, communication skills are probably the biggest. Um, yeah, there's, there's a few big skills that hiring managers are, are, are looking for these days. Um, 
let's see. So I guess the first would be communication skills. And there's different ways that we uh, identify somebody with strong communication skills. It's the ability to consistently influence up and down within the organization. So it's having that strong presence. Um, It's someone who's adaptable in their communication style. So someone who can adjust depending on the audience and the situation. Uh, another aspect of communication skills is somebody who's able to present a compelling business case, able to summarize findings concisely is a big one. Um, I can't tell you how often I'm interviewing a candidate and they tell me this big, long story that takes, you know, five, 10 minutes to go through where it really should have taken one or two minutes. That's what we look for is somebody who can summarize their findings concisely and able to give strong examples of past performance. So that's communication is a big one. Um, the ability to analyze data. So, and the tool that employers are typically using for that analytics is Excel. So, so these days in supply chain and logistics, all areas, um, the ability to analyze data, to, to use Excel, to use uh, pivot tables and, and V lookups and, uh, um, conditional formatting and uh, all kinds of advanced tools within Excel that's becoming more and more prevalent as a, a key competency for success in supply chain. Um, the uh, We look for somebody who's detail oriented, somebody who, um, uh, who doesn't lose sight of those, you know, it, it, when you're working in supply chain, there's a lot of little numbers that are sometimes just off by one, one or two digits and you have to pay attention to those details. Negotiation skills is a big one in supply chain and logistics, again, across all areas, even in warehouse management, it's working with suppliers, working with your, with your staff, being able to negotiate effectively. And professional designations is another core competency that more and more employers are looking for. So the, uh, the APEX program is, is really well respected. The uh, CITT program, I'm a little biased because that's the one that I did. Uh, the Supply Chain Management Association, the SCMP designation is big. The P-Log program, um, yeah, all those professional designations are, are becoming more and more recognized and in demand. That's interesting. I would also mention the CITP designation under FIT because that one I'm a little biased about. But yeah. um, that's really interesting because I have had some questions from listeners, you know, as to why they need a professional designation. I think a lot of the younger professionals are looking at the designation. They're looking at the time that it takes to get it. They're also looking at potentially the cost of getting it if they're not with a with a company that will you know, pay for their continued education. They're sort of wondering, you know, what does it do for me? And I'm glad that you brought that up, that companies are actually looking for the professional designations. Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, because it's something that companies do look for when they're hiring, it's, it's a keyword search that is frequently used. So if I'm hiring somebody for purchasing, then I'll be looking for that CS uh, or the SCMP designation. And uh, if, if you haven't done the program, then you may not pop up on that search that the recruiter is, is, uh, is doing. It just makes you a little bit more findable, but it does give you a strong foundational understanding. It lets us know as recruiters that you have that foundation in supply chain and logistics in purchasing or whatever aspect of the uh, supply chain field you specialize in. If you've done that, professional designation. We know that you have that foundation, understanding the education to be able to, um, to do your job more effectively. 
Yeah, not only that, but it's it's not just the the sort of practical knowledge. Um, it's also hands on because a lot of the designations require you to actually go go out into the field and get experience. Yeah, absolutely. The CITT program, for instance, you, you're not going to qualify for the CCLP designation if you don't have, I believe, it's five years of actual work experience in supply chain and logistics. And uh, the other designations are much the same. You have to have that experience to be able to put those letters behind your name. Okay, so just quickly sort of going back then, for young supply chain professionals that still need that experience to be able to get that designation, what can they do to sort of stand out then if they don't have the designation just yet, but that they're, you know, looking to do it? Well, um, they, if, if not the designation, then at least a, like a university degree or a college diploma. The education is crucial these days. Uh, most, most supply chain logistics organizations, manufacturers, they're not looking to hire someone who just has some basic experience in the field. They want the education as well. So, um, so that's pretty important to be able to set yourself apart. Uh, okay. And, um, I guess one other skill that sort of came to mind when, when you were, when you were just talking just then would be problem solving. Would that not be like an important skill or hiring managers sort of looking for that adaptability? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the ability to see the bigger picture, to see what the problems are, to identify the gaps and be able to bridge those gaps to figure out, uh, where we need to, what, we, what steps we need to take to get from where we are to where we need to be. So yeah, the problem solving skill set is definitely crucial. Um, as far as types of education, something else I should mention is uh, what we're seeing more and more in supply chain is uh, industrial engineering is probably the biggest, uh, most in demand degree that we see uh, bachelor of commerce um, would be, would be kind of second any engineering degree. It doesn't have to be industrial engineering. Any kind of engineering degree would help you to um, to stand apart from the crowd in, in, in supply chain. And, and that degree is applicable, whether it's uh, transportation management, warehouse management, or purchasing and supply chain management. Awesome. Awesome. Really, really, really great um, information, especially for those just getting into the industry. So if we're looking four to five years down the line, um, you did mention analyzing data, but I'm sure as we move forward into the future, you know, a lot of the jobs are going to be data driven. There's going to be different aspects of data. You know, there's all sorts of, even now there's, you know, data mining and, and different things like that. So if... If you think that more of the jobs are going to be data-driven, what trends would um, would we see and what will sort of come out of the technology piece of supply chain that candidates need to take a look at so that they can be better prepared to por- perform the best at their jobs moving into the future? So, of course, there's a couple big ERP systems that um, that a lot of the bigger companies are using uh, SAP, Oracle. Those are the the big ones. There's a lot of smaller ones. Uh, having some experience with with ERP systems is going to be important, but that's something that you'll pick up on the job. Um, as far as what that analytics is is leading to, like kind of what's the what's the end goal? 
uh, in supply chain, a lot of it is is looking for more transparency over the supply chain, trying to um, identify. So if we're, if we're looking at a product that's flowing through that supply chain or raw materials, we want to know where it is and when we're going to get it or when it will arrive at the customer. And that transparency is what a lot of those systems will will help to uh, to give. Also, it allows for more collaboration between different departments. Um, so, uh, so that's kind of where the, where the analytics, uh, comes from. It's, it's, uh, and, and then of course there's project management as well. Um, being able to, um, to lead projects and solve problems, uh, all of that relates to data analytics. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to go back to sort of that adaptability and and sort of problem solving is to, you know, really be aware of the technology trends in supply chain, you know, doing some continued education on your own, maybe not the designation side, but, you know, listening to maybe podcasts, listening, reading some books, reading articles on, you know, the most recent trends or technology trends in supply chain. So you keep current and you know what's going on in the industry because, um, correct me if I'm wrong, even in an interview type setting, they want to know that you're keeping on top of things and that you know what's coming down the pipe and what the trends are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you need to uh, stay current. There's lots of periodicals. There's, uh, you know, MM&D and Canadian Shipper Magazine and um, Canadian Sailings. And um, yeah, it's, it, it's definitely a good idea to stay current, uh, make sure that you're staying on top of the trends and that you know what's happening in the world of supply chain and logistics in Canada. Yeah. What was that first one? Cause I'm going to actually, um, take down a note for the listeners on the podcast page. So what was the uh, first one? Sure. Yeah. The, the magazines that, uh, that I'm subscribed subscribing to, uh, MM and D is a good one. And they, they are of course available online, uh, Canadian shipper and, uh, Canadian sailings is, uh, is a good one as well for international free forwarding. Okay, perfect. Just some so just some good resources for our listeners. So, um, recent graduates have very, very big dreams, and they wish to work for companies like Amazon. Can you sort of tell us what steps one should take to be a part of the companies and how to get hired in these companies? Um, for Amazon, I'm not going to have a, a ton of insights. Um, it's not a company that I've really... Uh, as a recruiter, or as a, you know, as a, as a search firm, SCL Search, we work with uh, a lot of different organizations, a lot of retailers, manufacturers, third-party logistics companies. Amazon is just not one that we've gone after in a big way. Um, w- the conversations I have had with folks at Amazon have led me to understand that their hiring is mostly done out of the U.S. So, uh, so I've kind of left it alone. But. Um, uh, if you want to work for any of these big organizations, um, definitely make sure that you have a, a good LinkedIn profile, a completed LinkedIn profile that talks about some of the accomplishments that you've had, not just um, not just what you actually do, but some of the things you've, you've done. Um, you want to uh, make sure that your resume uh, is, is updated at all times so that if you do find an opportunity, if you, if you meet someone, if you're networking with somebody that... Uh, can help you to find an opportunity that uncovers an opportunity for you. You're ready to go on it right away. And uh, we had just talked about education being an important thing, uh, staying on top of uh, supply chain and logistics trends by 
reading articles, by um, subscribing to different uh, periodicals. Um, those are all things that will help you to, to, uh, to, to stay on top of things and to perhaps be hired by those companies. Um, so one other big thing that I wanted to mention is how people are finding jobs these days. And it's really the vast majority of people are finding their jobs through networking. And networking is not just uh, meeting with people face to face. It also includes social media like LinkedIn and, and Facebook. Um, something like, what are the stats here? 60, 70, 75% of people um, find their jobs in supply chain through networking. And um, this, this also would include promotions within your own company. So if you're, if you're, if you think you're kind of shy and, and you, you try to avoid networking, uh, it's not a good way to advance in your, in your career. Um, if you're, you take advantage of the opportunities that are out there for networking, and there's quite a few in supply chain. Um, I know CITT, I've been involved with CITT for quite a while. Um, they have a number of networking opportunities. Uh, CSCMP is a good one as well. Um, get out to local networking events uh, with those supply chain organizations and and uh, meet some folks that are that are senior in their roles that may be able to help you to uh, make connections that will help you to move ahead in your career. Awesome, awesome, and I think part of that networking is also engaging on social media. Um, I love that you brought up LinkedIn because I, I think that sometimes you know LinkedIn uh, doesn't get as much attention um, as I think that it should. Um, and I also find engaging on LinkedIn. There's a lot of great connections. There's a lot of great people on LinkedIn. There's a lot of great resources, advice, and articles on LinkedIn. And sort of just get in there and start engaging with people. People, you know, comment, share, like different things. And I, I think that was an important point to make. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's, uh, there's a lot of different groups on LinkedIn, supply chain related groups that you can join. Um, and those will help you to be found by people in the industry who may be looking to hire. Awesome. Awesome. So what are your top tips or advice in the hiring process? So you're, you know, you're going for an interview with some of these big companies, you know, I'm sure the nerves are, the nerves are going. Um, but what are sort of your top tips and advice for people going for those, those interviews? So, um, let's see. So for interviewing, I've got, I've got all kinds of tips, but I'll, uh, I'll try and abbreviate it for you. So um, the objective of the interview should be to get the job offer. So there's really only three things that would stop us from getting that job offer. The first one is, of course, if you're, if you're not a fit for the job, if you're not qualified to do the job, then you're not going to get the offer. Um, and there's not a whole lot that you can do about that. If you're not the right fit, then just set that aside. If it's honestly not the right match, then um, then just look for something else that's a better fit. But uh, occasionally we'll see candidates that actually have the right skills and experience and they're passed over for the opportunity because of a couple of other reasons. Those other reasons are either they're, they're, they're qualified, but their skills and experience just don't come through effectively. Uh, and the third reason, so the first one was not the right fit. The second one is qualified, but they're uh, just not communicating effectively their skills and experience. And the third reason is if they appear to be disinterested, 
And a lot of candidates that I talk to, job seekers, are surprised that how often this comes up, that appearing to be disinterested um, is, is actually a really big reason why people don't get job offers. Um, so a couple of quick interview tips around how to make sure that your skills are coming through in the right way. The, the biggest one, of course, I think I mentioned this a couple of minutes ago. Maybe I didn't. It's listening. Um, listen to the questions that are being asked. Answer directly. Don't go off on a tangent. Uh, get caught up, caught up in irrelevant details. Um, keep your answers concise and try not to bring your own agenda. A lot of folks that I meet with, they have all kinds of skills and experiences that they think are important and relevant to the job. But if the interviewer doesn't ask you about those things, then you may not have the opportunity to really talk about them. And that's, that's okay. And maybe those experiences are not as relevant as, as you thought they were. If the interviewer isn't giving you the chance to talk about them. Um, it- Interesting. One, one question though, would you suggest, you know, getting some, some coaching? Um, yeah, well, most recruiters, uh, I know that certainly at SCL search, if we're sending somebody out on an interview, we'll give them some interview tips and advice before they go in to that interview. And actually a lot of the companies we work with, um, the human resources team, after they've arranged the interview with the candidate with the job seeker, they'll actually send out an information package that tells them how to prepare for that interview effectively. And part of a big chunk of that is, is always just make sure you keep your answers concise or on, and on point. So, Interesting. Uh, yeah, so it's, I, it's not, sorry, I've never even heard of that before. Go on. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's becoming more, common, I guess, uh, the companies that we're working with that are doing that, I guess they're uh, consumer packaged goods companies, the big uh, fast moving consumer goods manufacturers. Um, and it's becoming more common that they'll actually uh, help their candidates to prepare a little bit for the interview um, so that they can see, see them put their best foot forward instead of somebody who's kind of struggling with not sure how to answer the questions. They just want to uh, see what that person's actually capable of and, and give them the tools to be able to, to put their best foot forward. I love that because it actually shows, you know, support from sort of all angles, which also brings me back to the disinterested point because that kind of, that kind of, you know, is, is a bit confusing, right? If you're going to put all of this, this time and energy in it. And I guess that's how, you know, some of the interviewers or, or the hires, um, actually, um, you know, break it down, I guess, when they've got so many candidates, because I think one of the issues today is that there's just so many people applying for the job. So maybe this is the way that they wean them out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, a big, uh, a big thing with, uh, with interviewing, like I had mentioned, it's, it's, uh, showing interest and there's proper ways to do that. And, and, uh, there's, I guess, wrong ways to do that. A lot of, a lot of folks that I talk to when they're preparing for an interview, they go online and they look for the top 50 interview questions and they prepare answers for all these questions that may or may not come up. Um, it's much better. The better way to prepare for an interview by far is by doing your research on the company that you're interviewing with and prepare some questions that are specific to that company. Uh, don't look for, don't Google articles on, you know, the, the best interview questions to ask, just go online and do your research, find something about that company that 
piques your interest and learn as much as you can online and anything that you can't find out, that's what you want to ask in the interview. Um, the questions you ask in an interview with, uh, with any company, with XYZ company, they shouldn't be the same questions that you would ask if you're interviewing with ABC company. The questions you're asking at XYZ company in that interview, they should be really specific to that company. They should demonstrate to the interviewer that you've done your research on the organization and that you're really interested in working there and that you've been digging through their website and, and, uh, uh, you know, if it's a manufacturer, maybe you've gone to the, to a retail store and you've seen their product on the shelves. You see how they're displayed. You know, you know all about the different brands that they may be manufacturing. If it's a third-party logistics company, you'll know all about the uh, the companies that they're working with and what sort of technologies they're employing. And you're asking questions about those about those things, questions that demonstrate the knowledge that you've already gained. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So, um, we've talked a little bit about young professionals looking to get in the industry. Let's sort of, you know, take it to the other side of the coin. Let's talk about a career advancement. So what advice would you give sort of maybe even director level and up looking for career advancement? They've been with a company for a long time, or maybe they've been, um, through the ranks in different companies. They've sort of ended up at, at director level, but they're looking for a little bit more. What kind of advice, what suggestions would you give to supply chain professionals that are in that category? So a couple things. Um, if you want to get to the next level, if you're already at the director level and you're looking to move up to a senior director or vice president level, oftentimes what that requires is having a broader understanding of supply chain. So it might mean taking a lateral move either within the organization or into another company so that you can gain a broader exposure to different areas of supply chain before you can actually move up. So that's, that's one thing that uh, you may want to consider if you're at that director level looking to move up. Um, so how do you find those opportunities? I mentioned just a moment ago about working, including social media, including LinkedIn. And uh, that's definitely um, a, a big one. If you want to identify those opportunities that might be, uh, my, a match might be of interest, then get out there and uh, make yourself findable, make you make yourself, uh, you know, increase your, your presence online so that people can find you and talk to you about opportunities. And, uh, and like I said, don't be afraid to take something that's maybe a lateral move or even a bit of a step backwards to be able to gain the experience that you would need to be able to move into a more senior role in future. Awesome. Awesome. Really, really, really great advice. So let's just talk about recruitment in general. So recruitment in supply chain, I believe, has sort of changed over the years. I'm guessing with, you know, the addition of technology and and um, obviously more sort of networking opportunities, which we, we keep talking about. So how has it changed over the years? And um, I guess my, my next question is, where do you see it going? So... Yeah. So, I mean, over the years, recruitment has definitely changed since uh, when I got started in recruiting back in 2000. Uh, LinkedIn didn't exist. Uh, Workopolis, I don't think Workopolis was even around. So, so there's been those big job board uh, like Workopolis and Monster and, and Indeed, those popped up over the years. And now LinkedIn is kind of the big one. Um, Workopolis Monster, indeed, they're still around, but uh, they're not as widely used. Um, so social media has become a, a really big one. Um, what we're finding is that most 
candidates who are actually hired for jobs are not really actively looking for work. They're, they're uh, typically they're, they're headhunted candidates. So that's where recruiters like, like SCL search may come in. Um, it's, it's something where, um, yeah, just, just the best candidates, uh, in the job market aren't, aren't out there looking for work. And I think more and more, uh, companies are recognizing that, that if you put out a job ad, you're just going to attract job seekers who are probably not going to be the match for the job that you're hiring for. So advertising doesn't really work anymore. Um, social media does, um, you know, headhunting is, is, is working more and more for especially more senior roles. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what's changed over the last few years. Um, as far as what I see coming up for the future of recruitment, um, hard to really say. It, I mean, LinkedIn has been around for a while and it's been changing a little over the last several years. Uh, is there going to be some new technology that replaces LinkedIn? I'm sure there will be, but I don't know what it's going to be. Um, you know, it's, it, a lot of it is, is, uh, it's, it's just hard to see what the future of recruitment is going to, to, uh, to look like, but I know that it's not going to be, um, applying to job postings. Interesting. So you think that, um, recruiters, uh, like SCL search are going to be even more, more important to that job search. Um, yeah, I do think so, especially at that, uh, at those senior levels at the, uh, uh, you know, management director and vice president levels. Um, yeah, it's the, we, we just, we, we don't see when we put out job ads, we just don't see the quality of candidate that we're looking for applying to those postings. And our clients see the same thing, that job postings just don't work. So, uh, really the only way to find these folks is through connection, through networking and through recruitment firms. Yeah, I was going to say that that networking is just so crucial. It's so crucial on so many different levels. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're looking for, for a job, whether you're looking for more sales, you know, in so many aspects of our business lives, networking is becoming extremely, extremely important. So um, really want to push that out there and make sure that people understand the importance and the power of networking, going to events, getting out there, talking to people. So before we wind this down, you know, what is next for SCL search? We talked about the future. We talked about how it changed over the years. Um, and it sounds like you're going to be, you know, doing different things moving forward. And, um, so tell our listeners, you know, what's next for SCL search, what you guys are working on and uh, what they can look out for from you guys. Sure. So we're putting some more efforts into our uh, online presence, into our website. Uh, that's something that we'll see changing over the next few months. Um, we're we're uh, we're looking at growing the company for sure. Um, I'll be adding a couple more recruiters over the next couple months, and uh, come probably uh, beginning of 2019, we'll be adding a, a lot more people to our team. So, uh, so if anybody's ever considered a career in recruitment, um, then give me a call. I'd love to talk to you if you have a, a background in supply chain and, and good at problem solving and you're interested in recruiting. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to continue to focus on supply chain and logistics. I guess long-term, we're probably going to be, um, breaking up I mentioned that there's three main areas that we focus on, which are transportation management, warehouse management, and purchasing and supply chain management. 
in future, I'll be looking for recruiters who will focus on one of those three areas who can specialize exclusively within one of those sectors. So that's, that's kind of the future for SCL search is a little more specialization, uh, stronger presence online and a bigger team. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to see that happen and excited to see you grow. I mean, that's such an exciting time when you can add, you know, more people to your team, you can become more specialized. And there's so many great opportunities in supply chain in those three areas. So I think that what you're doing is great and um, can't wait to see more. So, so many great tips, tricks and advice for not only young professionals, but seasoned professionals looking for new opportunities. Tom has shared with us a deck that he recently presented about the industry, and you're going to find that and the show notes, plus more about SCL and Tom on our website at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash season two dash episode 10. Remember to connect with Tom on LinkedIn because networking is extremely important. So go find him on LinkedIn and check out what he's doing on there. And to find out more information about SCL search, please look them up look up their website it's sclsearch.com so tom thank you so much for being on the show loved having you here and can't wait to see what you guys are up to next thanks a lot sarah i really appreciate it thanks for having us on the show um and uh yeah let's let's see what happens in the future i'm really excited about the future at scl search Awesome. Next week, my Woman in Supply Chain series is back with Lillian Dukes. I am so excited to introduce her to my listeners. She's made her mark on two very male-dominated industries, aerospace and supply chain. And in this episode, she tells us how she has done that in her journey. Plus, she gives us the scoop on awesome Awesome Leaders Association, another amazing episode. I love how many women are eager to tell their stories. Remember to go and sign up at ships.com, that's S-H-I-P-Z.com, to find out more information about the new transportation platform that I am working on. Thank you for joining me. Rate us and review us on iTunes so that I can feature you. I hope you have an amazing day. And remember, everybody, ship happens.